0: Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Brett Halalvichak and Fredo Perez as part of our series on Muay Thaigram This will be the first in a five-part series on Muay Thaigram The next interviews will be with uh, Angela Chang, Jaleel Barnes, Brogan Stewart, and Omar Halal be sponsored fighters for Muay Thai Gram. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, Matt Lucas Muay Thai, or email me at a period Matt period Lucas at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast. Leaving reviews, etc. If you'd like to leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes Store. I want to personally thank a few people Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Wendell Galano, Chris Chan, and a few others for helping me get going when my camera broke. I am about to put out a new video behind the fight featuring Diesel FA Group. I hope to have that out in the next week or so. Just need to do the subtitling. So, and as always, after years of hard work, studying, and being in the game, I've decided to publish a Muay Thai encyclopedia. It is called, I'm Fighting in Thailand, a guide to the sport in the motherland. This clear guide goes over scoring, matchmaking, picking a gym, fight styles, gambling, and more. It has a series of interviews with long-term Expat fighters, including Michael Savas, Willie Whipple, Lisa Brealey, Angela Chang, and others, is a definitive guide to help clear up questions and to help people understand the game. Thanks, as always, to my sponsors, Nakmoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate all the superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.nockmoylegends.com. Use onfighting to get 15% off your order. Thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. He's doing some great things up in Northern California with his gyms in Stockton and the um, that area. So the first interview will be with Alfredo Perez, who is one of the founders of Knockmoy Legends. Um, he is a copyright lawyer and a very, very organized guy. I think the sport needs more people like Fre- Alfredo, or Fredo as we call him, just really solid, knows his law, is really good with contracts and understanding sort of the logistics of business. The interview after that will be with Brett Halvacek, who is a very well-regarded Muay Thai fighter on the East Coast. He's been fighting for over 20 years, and now he's changing his direction a bit. I met both of them at the same time out here in Thailand. Uh, Brett and I connected while he was on a trip out to Kongsita. He had brought a crew of people out to train and we got together then we started hanging out and talking a bit more and I started working for Nakmoy Legends and so on. Um, So without further ado the interviews and then I will do a little bit of talking about Muay Thai gram myself. So again without further ado the interviews with Alfredo Perez and Brett Halvachek. thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking your time out.
1: Yeah, man, thanks for having me.
0: Yep. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about your background in Muay Thai? How you got started?
1: Yeah, so um, got to go back to 2006. Uh, I had Long just time ago. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm an old dude. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, I had just finished law school. I was about to start. Actually, I had started uh, a job at a big firm in New York, and you know, so anyone that's worked at the big firms will tell you this: that the first few months that you're there, you gain a ton of weight, right? Because mm-hmm. you're working crazy hours, and they they basically give you free food. Mm. So, uh, so I was I was getting like pretty out of shape, and you know, complaining to my wife about it, and I was like, you know, I always wanted to like train a martial art. I always wanted to do Muay Thai, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, back in, like, the 90s, I grew up in Queens, New York, and in the 90s in Queens, New York, like, finding a Muay Thai gym, let alone one that I could I could afford, was, like, impossible, right? So I was like, oh, man, I really want to start training, but I'm, uh, you know, I think at that point I was close to 28 years old. I was like, ah, I'm, I'm too old. I'm going to get, like, you know, beat up by these young kids. I'm going to look stupid, and I'm, I'm too fat. And uh, my wife was like, nah, just, just call around and just go. Mm-hmm. So I you know i was um i picked up the phone and uh and i called uh, there was a gym in new york called the watt at the time mm-hmm. and um you know i spoke to uh to the head trainer there and he was like look come down uh i'll get you a private one of my guys you know see how you like it and you know if you like it then you can keep doing it and if not you know no big deal yeah Right. So fast forward, maybe like a week or so, I'm all nervous. I'm heading uh, uh, down to the Watt. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm wearing, you know, I, I didn't have tie shorts yet. So I had like these my goofy shorts and I didn't have gloves. I didn't have anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so then, uh, so I get in there and they, they pair me up with this hipster guy named <laughs> Brett, Brett Halavachek.
0: The king of the hipsters,
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, at that time he was, he was, he was like maybe 20, 21, he was a baby, oh, and yeah, yeah he, he was young, and uh, so you know, he put me through like you know, 30 minutes, maybe an hour of training. I don't remember. It was, it was, it was tough, right? It wasn't, you know, in retrospect, it was really easy, but for me at that point in my you know health journey, it was really tough. Uh huh. Um, but anyway, he, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, so he put me through, through the training and, you know, at that moment in time, I remember I was like laying down on the, on the mat in the, in the ring and I was thinking to myself, shit, man, am I going to do this again? This is really hard. Uh So, you know, fast forward, I've been, you know, training since not so much as of late because of everything going on, but I've been training since then, since, since 06. And that's, uh, that's when the love affair started with Muay Thai, I guess.
0: And you have continued your love affair and started uh, doing several businesses, uh, including Nakmoy Legends. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that began?
1: Yeah. All right. So this is going to be another Brett Halavichuk story. So <laughs> um,
0: I think uh, maybe your love affair with Muay Thai is actually a love affair with Brett.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just threw up a little bit of my mouth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we had uh, we this is about four years ago. Um, We just finished uh, training and I think the week before we had gone to a a, a local fight shop in New York. Um, There's like one really big fight shop in New York and they have a lot of really cool stuff, especially for boxing uh, you know, that they 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 carry like those Mike Tyson t-shirts and those um Bruce Lee t-shirts. And you know, I go to Brett, I'm like, you know what if if somebody were to put like Sama or one of those guys on a t-shirt, man, I'd I'd rock that. But you couldn't find that anywhere, right? Yeah. And um, you know, we sort of looked at each other and like, you know, that's not a half bad idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And and Brett goes, well, I know I know a guy who does uh, design work. He's he's really good um, at the time. He was doing um, design work for Reebok, uh, doing a lot of the UFC um, uh, T-shirts and that sort of stuff. It was a, a guy by the name of Dinox.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, sort of fast forward a little bit. Uh, I met Dinox. He thought he could do some 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 cool designs. Uh so the next step was sort of finding so those golden era guys that we wanted to have on on shirts. And we're pretty lucky that we have a guy by the name of Kensack. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so people that don't know, he's you know, he's he's a golden era legend, fighter of the year. He was named Fighter of the Year, back to back years. And uh, you know, it just so happens he ended up in in New Jersey. Uh, So we set up a time, Brett already knew him. I didn't, I didn't know Ken personally. I would seen him around, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know him personally. And we, we went out to eat and, you know, sort of explained to him what the idea was, got his feedback. And, you know, he basically said that he was down to do it. And that's how we signed our first athlete. Mm -hmm. So, you know, since then we've signed a bunch of others, Uh, you know, I mean, not too long after that, we took a trip to Thailand, Mm -hmm. which I think is actually the first time I met you. Um,
0: yeah when I, you had the Hawaiian shirts on and brought to them then.
1: yeah that's right that's right yep yeah. yep yep and um and uh, it was i think I think that was when we ended up, I don't remember if we had already signed Samat by then or not, but we ended up signing sama Noi, uh, a bunch of other athletes um and uh and yeah when we, uh, we met you. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you know, sort of the rest is is kind of history. When it comes to Nakamui Legends, we've been in operation now for about uh, four years. Mm-hmm. We've sold thousands of T-shirts, um, and you know, I'm I'm pretty proud of the brand.
0: Yeah, it's really cool, and obviously, it's a good thing. You know, giving back a uh, big part of why I like is a uh, portion of the proceeds, and all the athletes are paid for their image which has not been the case with some of the athletes like Sagat um, who does not, has not gotten money for his, you know, appearance or like his image in Capcom and other places.
1: Yeah. So that was one of our big things. I mean, one, I'm an intellectual property attorney, so that's just the nerd in me, right? You have Mm -hmm. to do things the right way, but we also, you know, I I never started the business thinking, Oh, you know, I'm going to get rich making t-shirts right it's mm-hmm. it's it the whole idea was um to be able to create something that the community was gonna really dig and also do it in a way that was fair to the athletes so mm-hmm. i mean i i think to date we've probably still given more money to the athletes than we have um uh you know sort of given it to the company
2: mm-hmm.
1: um you know and i'm pretty proud of that you know i want to sort yeah. of keep that going
0: so what do you feel you've learned from doing Nakmoy Legends and what do you think you've given to the the sport by doing this? I
1: right, so that's a big that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it reiterated some stuff that I already knew. I mean okay so first and foremost is you've got to give people a good product. Mm-hmm. Right? And part of that is not to be greedy. Right, Mm -hmm. if that means that you're spending a little bit extra so that your shirt quality is better and that it's going to last, then do it. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that means that a customer had an issue with, you know, a package got lost in transit or you know the size is wrong, send them another product. It doesn't matter if it comes out of your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Uh. So just you know, I think the main lesson is a, a lesson. Just you could apply this to anything in life. Is is create a good product and just do the right thing by your customers and, and the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, and 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 I think that what we've given the community is, um, I think we've given them some education about some of the athletes, but I think also we have uh, provided the community with sort of a brand that they can really sort of get around that is not a mixed martial arts brand that decided to throw out and do like one Muay Thai shirt. It isn't a boxing brand. It's had to do one Muay Thai. We, we are Muay Thai apparel, Mm -hmm. right? We are for the Muay Thai community. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's what we've given the community.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like there's not enough Muay Thai, you know, specific companies out there. Um, Obviously there's some, but it, you know, I think the market is there and there's more room for more companies. And obviously Nakmoy Legends has been around for quite some time. And I think, you know, it can grow and other companies can grow as well.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, part of it is the community is not huge, right? I mean, the Mutek community is bigger than I thought it was. Yes. Uh, I would agree know. with that. One. But um, you know, you have to put in the work to build the trust in your brand. You have to put in the work to give people a product that they want, and you have to be genuine, right? You know, if you're not into the sport, you're just looking to do this to make a few bucks. It's probably better that you don't waste your time. Uh, you know, you have to sort of be committed to to growing the sport and to getting fighters exposure and that sort of stuff. If you really want to have a brand that people are going to be able to rally around. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely agree with that. And then uh, let's move on a little to uh, Muay Thai grammar. How did you begin to get involved with that? And what was sort of the beginnings of it for you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't want, I not want to start, start with another, uh, Brett Halavichek story, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it all starts with Brett Halavichek. Yeah. So, um, I was driving down from Lion Fight. And, uh, so I live in the New York, New Jersey area and Lion Fight usually happens up in Connecticut. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty long drive down. And uh, I get a call from Brett, and he says, "Hey, um, are you familiar with Muay Thai Graham? And I said, "Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, because this this it, it's been a, around for a while, and was a pretty large um, Instagram account." Uh, he says, "Well, the the person that runs it is looking to do something different and wants to sell the business. Are you interested?" And I said to myself, nah, I just, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to get into another business. You mm-hmm. know, what do I know about social media except for the stuff that I do for to sell T-shirts? And and I was like, nah. It's like, no, no, man, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. So we hung up and I had a buddy in the car with me as we're driving down and we're talking about it. And I'm talking to my buddy. And I'm like, yeah, you know, they, they have a, a pretty big audience. Um, you know, it'd be cool. There's a lot of cool things that, that you know, you could, we could do with that. You know, you could, uh, you know, I mean, I have access to athletes through Nakmoy legends. Brett has a relationship with lion fight, which is a really large promotion here in the States and with a lot of the gyms in the area. And then by this time, you were already working with us on, on, uh, Nakamura legends. It's like, man, you know, we have Matt out in, in, uh, in Thailand and he's, he's got a ton of connections out there and a ton of stuff he can create. So by the time I made that three to four hour drive down, right, Mm -hmm. I had already talked myself into it. I said, oh, my God, this is this is such a great opportunity. Um, You know, we could really take something that already has a built in audience and, you know, create the kind of content that that, you know, we'd like to see more of out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I called Brett. Um, I think shortly thereafter, Brett got in contact with you and uh, the rest is history on that one, too. Yeah, for
0: sure, and so it's been almost a year now, like eight or nine months, right? Yeah, I think. yeah, almost a year. Um, so, what what are some of the things that you want to do with Moi Tigram and uh, what do you hope to accomplish?
1: So, I think the one of the main goals from the beginning was to create original content that was different, and you know, sort of geared to things you wouldn't really see in any other. Outlets. We wanted to sort of minimize the amount of reposting that we did and maximize the amount of original content, whether it's not just learning how to perform a specific skill, but Mm -hmm. also history of the sport, uh, you know, cool stuff like gambling in Thailand. Um, Talk a little about where the sport is now with companies like One. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to make it into... A venue where we could get exposure for up-and-coming fighters that might not necessarily be household names, mm-hmm. uh, and you know I think that we've 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 done been doing that with guys like Jaleel, with Angela, Omar, um, Brogan, uh, you know, and I'm pretty proud of that. So in you know same same way as with Knockout Legends with the shirts, I wanted to make stuff that I wanted to wear to represent what I was into. I want, and, and I think we're doing this a Muay Thai-gram to have content that I like, the kind of stuff I want to see, things mm-hmm. I want to learn about.
0: And what sort of stuff is
1: that specifically? So for me, I have, you know, I've been to Thailand a few times. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of the nuances of, of, of what it's like to actually train and fight in Thailand that I have very little experience with. Right. Mm-hmm. Even gambling. Like, I mean, obviously I've seen the gambling happen. I've never done it. Right. yeah. You know, and in retrospect, I kind of wish I, I thought I was going to be able to get to Thailand this year, but with everything going on that hasn't happened, I kind of wish that last time I was there, I would have gotten to do something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've, I've only really trained like at one gym out there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to see, be able to see people that are training at different gyms, all of them from other, you know, uh, either from the States or from somewhere else, right. That have basically relocated to mm-hmm. Thailand and sort of get their insight as to what it's like to fight there, what it's like to train there, what it's like to live there. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people here in the States. I think almost everyone that trains Muay Thai here in the States wants to make it out of Thailand at least once in their life, not more.
0: Yeah. I would uh, agree with
1: that. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I mean, I've been there multiple times and I you know hope to go back. So to, to me, I love to see that kind of stuff, right? Because it's stuff mm-hmm. I haven't been able to experience and it's different. You don't really get, I feel like you just don't get enough of that, right. Of, of, yeah. of sort of what's going on in the smaller stadiums and, and that sort of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what do you think uh, that Muay Thai Graham has accomplished and how has it changed in the last, you know,
1: eight months since we started taking it over? Yeah. So I, I think the content has been great. I've gotten a lot of feedback from, People talking about how they really like the direction that we've taken the business in, and you know, I've got to just just so everyone is clear here. I'm really behind the scenes. I do mostly the legal work, the business, all the boring business stuff. <laughs> you know, the the content stuff is is all Brett and Matt, and they've done just a phenomenal job. Um, are, are you just saying that because you're in love
0: with Brett and with you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so really your your projects are just love affairs B-
1: basically basically yeah don't tell my wife um <laughs> it, it, it's uh i mean i think if i had to pick one thing that i'm most proud of is i think all of the l- sort of spotlights that we've been able to do like on on um uh angela jaleel all of that sort of stuff i'm i'm i, I think that has given those fighters exposure and hopefully help their career some. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that.
0: Mm -hmm. What, what do you think uh, are some things that could be improved on? That's a good
1: question. Um, So there's always room for, for improvement, right? I mean, I think one of the big things and is, is in interacting with uh, our followers. I think it's, part of it is the way Instagram is structured. Sometimes it's not the easiest to interact with people because you mostly do it through comments and you know, the team is not a, we don't have a giant team, right? So, you know, that makes it kind of difficult, but I, I you know, we're working on other things. I'm hoping that through some of the other media that we're looking to build out, will be able to do that. But I really think it'd be great if we had more interaction with our fans. Cause you know, I, I, I don't just want to put content out there that I want to see. I want to sort of know what other people think and what they want to see. Cause You know, there may be something I haven't thought of that I do want to see, right, that someone comes up with. Um, Mm -hmm. So really, uh, you know, if it's one place where I could see us making more improvement is just having more interaction with our fan base. Um, You know, whether that's, yeah, I really like this piece of content. Oh, well, why didn't you ask this question? Or I would have asked this. Or, you know. I mean, I even like the questions that, I mean, I know you get these questions all the time about best places, where where should I go train sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I even kind of like those questions because they can be kind of informative hearing some of the answers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think that would be the one area I'd like to see improvement in more, more communicating. Um, And aside from that, I just want us to continue to build out content, you know, not just, not just on, obviously the IG page is the main portion of the business, um, but it'd be, you know, where we, uh, we started a website, um, uh, uh MuTiGram.net. So people should, should check that out. Um, a YouTube channel. Um, so there's other places where we are moving media to that you may lend themselves better to doing things you can't necessarily do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I want to see us to continue to build those out and, and hopefully get some of the audience that loves us on Instagram to move over to those platforms so we could increase the amount of interaction that we have with, with, with them.
0: Yeah, um, obviously we've started the website. What are some of the pros and cons of having the website and in particular,
1: some of the articles we've done so far? Yeah, so the biggest, the biggest difficulty of having the website, uh, I think is that none of us on the team are WordPress wizards. So I think the biggest issue with the website uh, for me has been technical. God <laughs> knows, like just, just, you know, uh, just adding certain things to the page. I've, I've it's, it's been like insane. Um, you know, like how many lawyers does it take the screw in a light bulb sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that to me has been the most, the most difficult part. Um, the articles I, I've, I mean, I, you know, I'm biased, but I think all the articles have been very, good and very well written. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest issue is getting, like I said before, getting more people to come onto the website, sign up to the newsletter. Mm-hmm. We're not going to spam you. You know, if you go to, if you go to the website, you read the blogs and you like the stuff that we're putting out, you're going to like, you know, what we're going to put out next month too. So you might as well sign up for the newsletter and, you know, get some good content. And if at any point in time, you don't like it, then, you know, you know, you could unsubscribe. But uh, to me, to me that I I just like to see more people on the website. And, you know, we only launched the website a few months ago, so it's still pretty early.
0: Um, And what you said, one of your proud points was sort of gaining exposure for some of the athletes like Jaleel, Brogan, Angela and Omar. Why are you so proud of that? And what are some of the ways that you feel uh, Muay Thai Graham has helped them?
1: So it's anyone will tell you that it's, this is a sport that's really hard to make a living in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's, it's, I think in a lot of ways, it's easier to make a living at it in, in Thailand, obviously than it is here in the States. Yeah. But if you're, if you are making the move and the decision to get up and leave the States, right. For an indefinite period of time, uh, that's a pretty major sacrifice, uh, you know, monetary and otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could only fight for so long. So whatever we can do to help these athletes get sponsorship, put a little extra money in their pockets so they could focus more on training and, you know, really make the most of their careers. I couldn't ask, you know, I couldn't ask for a better purpose behind the company, right? That, I mean, if you, if you love the sport and you want to see the sport grow, Then the only way that's going to happen is if you support the athletes, right? And, you know, just by reading the articles, liking the articles, uh, following those athletes, you're going a long way to helping those athletes basically push forward their careers by being able to get sponsorship, get more exposure, potentially get bigger and better fights, Mm -hmm. So, so basically that's what I meant by why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so proud of that because I think not only is it helping those fighters, right. But I think it's creating opportunities where those fighters are successful and can really make a go at it Then other, you, you know, another kid here in the States may make the decision to go out there to Thailand and, you know, that's just going to help the sport, right. Getting better athletes out there and, and, and really putting in the training and growing the sport.
0: And you said uh, you've seen some changes already. Um, I know it's early. Usually, at least for me, I feel like to make an impact. Um, it takes about a year for sort of a movement or a social media entity to like gain any sort of traction for people to know about it. And then it's in the second and third year that it really starts to change things but you said uh, you've already seen some changes because of Muay Thai gram and some of the work you've done. What what have you seen and why?
1: Yeah, so this is a little anecdotal, but I've you know I have um, a lot of conversations with people in the industry related to Nakmoy Legends, right? And um, you know, I think it's not a secret anymore that you know I'm involved with both businesses, um, and you know I've had a lot of people tell me, oh man. I had a con- actually I had a conversation about two or three weeks ago with a with a a pretty well known uh supplier of of uh of fight gear here in the in in the states and they were like man we really love what you're doing with with the page it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh the content is is uh is original you know it's uh it's really great stuff you know they're they're interested in advertising with us which is great for everybody um you know so it's a lot of it has been really anecdotal people telling me, Oh, that's really cool. And, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people have been on lockdown too. So, you know, it, it kind of, the lockdown has been awful, obviously, yeah. but I'm, uh, you know, we're all looking for more content now that we're on lockdown. I know I am. And, uh-huh. you know, I think, uh, I think we've been able to provide something different for people. And I think it's, it's hopefully helps some people with their mental health, right. Just to be able to sort of mm-hmm. read something they're interested in. And and something that they that they really like. So you know, I'm hoping that we're making an impact that way. But I've you know, people have told me that they really like the, the content. They think it's re- it's 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 refreshing to see people not just reposting, but actually making new content, stuff out of Thailand. Uh, you know, stuff we did some stuff exposed uh, You know, some some sort of um stuff on gyms in the area, uh stuff like that. People have have especially the stuff in Thailand. People have been very Um, positive about that because it's, you know, unless you live there, you don't really, you know, it's, I I don't even know, Matt, if you really have the appreciation for it because you're, you're there and living it. Right. And we're, you know, the rest of us are stuck over here, you know, with Uh with gyms having, having been closed for the better part of this year, you know? Yeah. So, so I think in a lot of ways, we've been an outlet for people, you know, giving them something different to look at. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping, like you said that, you know, it'll really pick up traction in the next year or two, uh, you know, I mean, what's going to really help us out is if people let us know what they want to see, right. You know, Matt's out there in Thailand, we're here in the States, we have access to a bunch of different athletes, whether from the golden era or, you know, current athletes, um, tell us what you want to see and we'll, we'll make it happen.
0: Yeah. That actually reminds me, maybe I should do gym tours, um, because I'm so used to like walking into these gyms all the time, um it's very, very normal for me, whereas for a lot of people, they never see these places like you know, I can walk into p k Sanchai and oh there's Tawan chai like oh whatever, oh, Sanchai is there you know bossing uh uh Prajan Chai around because he has a boxing fight, oh whatever, oh walk down, you, you, uh, FA group isn't far from me. Obviously I'm seeing the people at Fairtex all the time and it's right. just like very, very normal for me.
1: Yeah, so th- that that's something, you know, you're, that, that's what I was getting at, right? It's normal for you because you're there, right? But yeah. um, one, the gyms are very different the way that they just generally look and operate here in the States versus in Thailand. Yes, that is um, definitely true. Right, and I think a lot of people especially when they haven't made a trip out there yet. Right. And don't know where to go train. I think it'd be very helpful to sort of get an idea, not just what the gym looks like, but what the gym vibe, you know, how every gym has like a vibe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: Right. And you kind of, you know, it's, unless you're there, it's a little hard to sort of get a sense of that. But I mean, the next best thing is to have somebody sort of walk you through and get a sense of what's going on there. You know, some people are going out there and they want to like train super serious and And some people want to go out there and just sort of have some fun. Some people want to have a little, some people don't know what they want. Um, So I think giving people tours uh, so you can see some of the trainers and some of the shenanigans that are going on and that sort of stuff would be really helpful to people here in the States. Especially because I think, you know, as soon as this coronavirus thing is over, man, like I I have a feeling the gyms in Thailand are going to get packed because everyone's going to want to get back out there.
0: For sure. Hope hopefully. Um, and just wrapping things up, was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about?
1: So I'm gonna ask you a question. Uh-huh. All right. What has been your biggest surprise to date about working on Nakmoy Legends and on Mu What is the
0: biggest surprise? Um I don't know. I mean like the the thing I really, really like about working on both of these projects, and I think one of the reasons why I I'm so into them is how much I've learned. Um there's you know, one of the good things about Nakmoy Legends is that uh, I, I do the community management for it, so I'm always looking at people's Instagram and it's given me a way to keep tabs on people, mainly in America and foreign countries and understand like what they're going through. And then doing the work on Muay Thai Graham, especially creating some of the original content has been like really pushing my boundaries a lot. Obviously now I'm doing interviews that are subtitled and Thai, uh, with female athletes and people that, uh, a lot of people in the West don't know. And, I learn a, a ton from doing these. The, there's technical things that I learned, like in terms of placing where to place an interview subject, what up, sub, you know, questions to ask. There's technical things about, okay, the lighting, the, um, you know, the microphones, and those are all very, very valuable lessons. Even like the editing process is a very, very good thing to learn. And then there's the actual content of it, uh, which can be really really interesting and when you interview these people you become a lot more connected with them so you know now when I go anywhere because I've interviewed people like everyone knows me um and it's I feel like I'm a very big part of a community um so I guess that's maybe one of the most surprising parts of it for me um, it wasn't like an intentional thing, but it's definitely something that's happened and that I'm really happy to be a part
1: of. Nice. Nice. Well, that's good to hear. It's been uh well, it's been a blast working with you so far. Hopefully uh, it'll be many, many more years. Yeah. Thank you so much, Fredo. All right. Thanks, man. Stay safe.
0: Hey, Brad, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you doing?
2: Doing good, Matt. Good.
0: Um, so tell me a bit about your background in the sport. I mean, you've been in, Muay Thai, in the world of Muay Thai for almost 20 years now, right?
2: Yeah, uh, just about that. Um, I started training in Muay Thai when I was probably uh, 10 or 11 years old. And then I started getting amateur fights when I was like 12. And I fought through my teens into my uh, early adulthood, and then I decided to go professional. And I've been fighting professionally past 10, 12 years or something like that. And um, at the same time, uh, you know, I'm also training and teaching people on the side.
0: Where did you start going professional? You ended up at the Watt for a big chunk of your career, right?
2: Yeah, so... uh I would say I went professional in two thousand and ten, I believe, and yeah, that was with Phil Nurse at the Watt in New York.
0: Yeah, it's uh the Watt is closed down, or is that the rumor?
2: It's uh, from what I hear. It's they're just changing locations. A lot of people, you know, they don't have access to their gyms right now. So the smartest thing to do is kind of close temporarily and open back up when all the gyms are open back up and the market probably settles a little.
0: Um, can you tell me a bit about your career in the sport in terms of your professional fights and I guess some of what you've been doing in terms of teaching?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, um, career wise, I, uh, captured the WBC national Muay Thai title. I actually fought Cyrus Washington for that fight. Um, I then went on to win the WBC international challenge belt, and that got me into the world rankings where I'm sitting right now with the WBC ranked fourth in the world. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I was competing in Lion Fight, and I was able to capture the North American title, two different weight classes, and I was with Lion Fight for a good chunk of my professional career.
0: Mm-hmm. Who did you fight for the WBC international belt?
2: Um, Harry Baker. Um, mm-hmm. He's actually cousins with another guy, Bernie Mendieta, who I actually fought. And I believe Kevin Ross fought him on a lion fight in Las Vegas a while ago.
0: Yeah, that must have been seven or eight years ago that he fought. Uh, Bernard, what, yeah. Bern or whatever his name is. I, I remember Bernie that. Fight. Yeah. I think it was after Kevin had come off of his knee surgery.
2: So, yeah, Kevin came off his knee surgery and I fought Bernie. Uh, I would say 165, 170 pounds. And I think after that fight, he decided to really start concentrating and he cut all the way down to fight Kevin Ross. I mean, we're pretty different in size. Do you
0: remember that fight between him and Kevin Ross?
2: Uh, I remember uh, I was actually working, but I think I was following on my phone on the side. But from what I heard, he actually gave Kevin a great fight. I mean, Kevin was coming off his – he had a long layoff, I believe, the knee surgery, right? Yeah. So there was a little rust there, but, I mean, he, he kept up with Kevin Ross. It was one of his better fights, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, so what about your career right now in terms of fighting? Where is it at? Like, uh, you said you're ranked fourth on the WBC in your weight category.
2: Yeah, so I'm currently sitting at fourth. And before um, the COVID shutdowns and everything happened, we were supposed to have a fight in um, – in New York City on the Warriors Cup with Chris Tran. And that fight fell through, obviously, because uh, we were in the middle of a shutdown. So I was supposed to fight in March, and that was going to be for the WBC International title. Um, And me, career-wise, you know, I'm kind of winding down. I'm definitely fighting a lot less, but I still feel like I'm somewhat competitive for the next couple of years. I'm going to stick around. But Mm -hmm. um, if I have a couple bad fights, um, you know, I'm okay with retiring.
0: And Chris Kieran is the WBC rep in America. So who were you, who did you say you were going to fight on that show?
2: Uh, I was going to fight the WBC Canadian champion, Simon, and I forget his last name. It's not off the top of my head. Um, Mm. The
0: the Simon guy just picked up his belt off of a Kieran Kettle show.
2: Yeah. The Muay Thai World Cup, I believe it is. But yeah, Yeah. he, he was their champion. And then, you know, we got approved for the WBC. So he was going to fly out and uh, we were going to fight. And I think two and a half weeks before the fight, you know, was supposed to happen. We had to cancel everything and shut down. Yeah.
0: Um, Is it, do they have plans at all in the future to reschedule or it's all up in the air still?
2: I mean, you know, coming from me, I'm not, you know, 100% in the know, but uh, nobody can do anything. I think they just announced in New York city in this area that, um Broadway plays aren't even going to be back until June 2021 so I'm assuming any kind of uh public meetings like that whether it be fights or concerts or Broadway plays might not go off until at least the summer but mm-hmm. the second the second we get to open I know they're eager to still continue promoting so I'm excited but you know it's just a waiting game right now
0: yeah and while you've been waiting, and uh, just in terms of your career, besides fighting, uh, you teach regularly. Can you talk about that for a bit?
2: Sure. I mean, I've I've always taught Muay Thai and uh, fought professionally at the same time. I never really had a nine to five job. I'd rather just be in the gym all day, and if I could make a career teaching and a career fighting, you know, I'd rather do that than you know work in an office. Um, So I've, I've taught, you know, through my whole career at the Y at Anderson's, uh, martial arts. And also I currently teach in Brooklyn. I'm not really, you know, going into the city right now. Nobody's really traveling. So right now I'm based out of Bushwick, but I'm just concentrating on, um, private lessons right now because, you know, the group training setting isn't really working. So right now we're just, uh, teaching privates and just trying to stay afloat until, uh, we get word that we could open back up a hundred percent and compete and, and spar and do all those other things that a group class would benefit from.
0: Um, and in terms of teaching, what do you like and dislike about it?
2: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say there's not too much I dislike. I mean, you know, you might have uh, some needy clients uh, here and there, or some days, you know, you just don't feel your body's up to it, but, other than that i have no complaints i love it i love connecting with people i love teaching people what uh you know what i experience and passing on knowledge and uh, you know i really believe in Muay Thai and i made a career out of it and you know it's not going to stop here i'm going to still be involved in many different levels
0: and one of the people you've uh taught is Fredo who is your partner in Knockmoy Legends um we talked. I talked to Fredo a little bit about the background in the company, but can you talk a little bit about it as well? Not only the background, but sort of what you are doing with it.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I um, mean, yeah, Alfredo was a longtime client um, for me over well over ten years, um, and at the at the time we we were looking at running an actual blog just on fights news interviews and stuff like that. It was going to be a sports blog. And, you know, we were running into some problems with that. And at the same time, we were also always talking about doing some sort of apparel company. And me and him came up with the idea, you know, to start Knock Boy Legends. And he's definitely more professional. He has uh, experience in running businesses and contracts and stuff like that. So it worked out perfect because I kind of knew who we could talk to and Fredo just knew how we could talk to it and how to do things legally and be an operating business. Um, yeah, go ahead, Matt.
0: Oh, it's been four years now,
2: right? Yeah. So I think 2016 or so. And what
0: what have you gotten out of, uh, helping run the company?
2: I honestly, uh, I'm just proud that we're putting out a product that, you know, every shirt we make, I, I like, I enjoy, and I get to work with one of my good friends who's our designer, um. Doing something and creating something that I actually like and putting out that I'm proud of is the biggest, that's uh, the best feeling that I get out of it. And it's great working with these old fighters. I mean, you know, these are guys I looked up to in my career when I was training, when I was younger. And now I get to work with these guys and, you know, create something that they're proud of also.
0: Yeah. Um, of the guys that you, uh, Nakmoy Legends works with uh, Kensack, Diesel Noise, Samart, Sagat, um, and a couple others do you have a favorite guy in particular or
2: i mean you know i always you know samat was my biggest inspiration so i mean it was it was amazing going and being able to talk to him and work with him on designing a shirt so for me that was huge that was you know like pretty much peaked right there so Uh
0: (laughs) and that was pretty early on in the company as well
2: yes he was one of our first, Kang Sag was one of our first, and Kangsack is, you know, became one of my very good friends, and he lives in New Jersey, so he's not too far, so I've been able to connect with Kangsack for years, so to be able to finally collaborate and put out a really nice product for him was awesome.
0: And have you seen the Muay Thai community or seen change at all because of uh, Nakmoy Legends? Uh,
2: You know, I think people are buying the shirts because, you know, obviously they enjoy the designs, but also, you know, it's these athletes are getting paid for us to use their image. And I think that's something that a lot of people should be paying attention to because there there are some cool t-shirts. There's some, you know, uh, cool designs out there that you can get anywhere, especially if you go to Thailand, but, you know, copyright laws exist now and, you know, the people who design, that piece of artwork or who is that fighter or that athlete that you use in their image, they deserve to get paid, especially in the sport where, you know, there's not a ton of money right now. Uh, so, you know, I think it's appropriate. Everybody should get paid for what they're doing.
0: Yeah. I definitely think that while there isn't a ton of money in the sport right now, there is a growing amount of income coming into the sport, you know, because there's businesses starting like knock legends, um, or- that are, th- standing the test of time. Uh, it's interesting that you talked a bit earlier, uh, with Fredo about starting a blog or like sort of news program. Um, and obviously you are a part of Muay Thai gram. Can you talk about how that came about for you?
2: Sure. Um, I was actually, I was in Connecticut for one of my lion fights. I was fighting, uh, it was my last fight, I believe, for a lion fight. And we we just heard through a couple of friends that, um, you know, an already pretty reputable Instagram page, Muay Thai Graham, was going to be up for sale. So me and Freda decided, why not? Let's do it. Um, like I said, go. you know, before we always wanted to do this blog, and I'm always interested in the interviews. And, uh, you know, I think it's really cool to have some sort of sports channel, you know, that spotlights everything on, you know, Amateur, professional, and even, you know, legends of the sport. So we picked that up, and now that's currently what we're working on. So it's almost like the best of both worlds now. We have the apparel company, and we have the sports blog-type news thing that we're working with.
0: And what uh, what is your aim for it? What do you hope to accomplish with it?
2: You know, I just – I don't want to be like a, a flash in the pan. We want to be around in 10 years doing the same thing, just on a bigger level, you know delivering, I mean, you're doing great, you know, with these interviews, you know, a lot of these repost sites, it's great to see a technique, but doing the small interviews and the original content on the site is what's really gratifying. Um, So hopefully we're still around doing it in 10 years, just on a bigger level, bigger budget, reaching Mm -hmm. more people.
0: And what, what sort of uh, work do you do on the site and sort of project itself?
2: Uh, I'm doing some behind the scenes work. We're trying to get some sponsors uh, for our sponsored athletes. Uh, I also do day to day posting and interacting. And when we're not closed down, I also try to work on some original content with you, but that's mostly your division.
0: And what have you, what sort of things have you learned from doing the daily postings and sort of the daily work?
2: uh it's a lot more work than you would think you know you think just picking up this page you just make one post here and there but you have to be on you know posting and being consistent and interacting with people and answering questions because that's what we're there we're not just there to post something cool and not answer questions or interact why why is this there so you have to be constantly connected and Mm -hmm. uh for me that was something that was definitely uh, and it still is i'm still learning to work with it but I mean I'd rather do this and be laying bricks, so I'm I'm a hundred percent in. So yeah.
0: Well, uh you're laying bricks. It's a a social media foundation.
2: Uh, I like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <A house laughs> built on the internet. Sure. Um, I mean I'm joking a little bit, but it's I think it's true to some extent.
2: No, I agree. I mean, you know, even when you talk about it, it's about the long game. I mean, that's one mm-hmm. thing you've been you've been telling me because it, it is something very new to me and you have experience with this and you know I thought maybe we could just pick this up and boom we're in but there's a ton of work that goes behind the scenes and in front you know with making a page that actually has constant you know original content interviews and you know is current
0: yeah it's something I learned a lot or I just learned a lot from working on Nakmoy Legends as a social media manager for the last couple years you know just like Looking at the internet, looking at Instagram, looking at all the different people you you learn a lot about sort of the community, especially over a long term, uh, especially when you engage with them
2: sure, I mean, and it's just like it's just like fighting right you want to go and learn from the best or learn from somebody else's experiences so you don't have to make those mistakes and the second me and Alfredo decided we were going to do this, it was pretty much. I, I pretty much said, I'm like, we're not going to do this unless we're going to be able to get Matt because you have the experience. And like I said, you kind of came in and you were able to get us a little ahead of the curve, you know, just because <laughs> we're beginners in this, you know, you've been doing it for a long time. So, uh, you know, I, we wanted to bring you in and like I said, learn from your mistakes and make it a little easier.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a hard work, but you know, if you want to do it. You have to learn. I think a lot of times from the ground up as well. Uh, sure, doing sure. doing this stuff like posting all the time, you know, figuring out what the content is going to be, making content schedules, like all that sort of stuff. It's you know, it's the same thing as learning the basics in boxing.
2: Of course, yeah, just like anything. Was was Fairtex or Nakamura Legends your first? Kind of foray um, into that.
0: Actually, I, I did Max Muay Thai. Oh, yeah, you did FA Cup too? For, uh, FA yeah, FA Group. I, group I, I built up FA Group from like a few hundred to like, I think when I left it was like 10,000 or 8,000. Um, mm-hmm. And I built Max Muay Thai up from like 20,000 to like 80. I, I have to look at my numbers. Sure. Um, And then, you know, obviously, Nakmoy Legends is, uh, you know, I think it's like 14 or something now. I don't really pay attention to the numbers that much, to be honest.
2: Sure. It's just being Um, consistent. That's what builds numbers, right?
0: Yeah. It's mainly the consistency, engaging with people, and just being there, you know, showing up all the time. Sure. Oh. What, what are some of the sort of like disadvantages or what do you see are some of the things that can be improved on with the project?
2: Uh, I mean, just, just like anything, I mean, if more time. You know, I'm still trying to juggle teaching full time right now. Um, you know, Alfredo has his priorities and you have your priorities, but we could always have more time to do more projects. Right now, I wish the the country was open. A little more so we could get more content from the United States. It's something that I think the site, we really need to grow Um, internationally. You know, Thailand, you have it covered. I mean, you're getting great stuff and you have access to athletes and gyms that are open. Right now, we're not open technically. So it's very uh, tough to get new and current content out in the States, which is something that we want to work on and kind of really build on as our United States audience.
0: Yeah. Um, the site itself or the Instagram itself started in the States and definitely has a strong presence there. Have, have you seen any changes or heard about any changes because of the takeover?
2: Uh, I mean, just positive, you know, the site has more substance, you know, it's, it's going in a slightly different direction where it's, you know, it's less pop culture and, you know, current events, you know, we're doing, we're covering all sides of the sport which is great um you know we're working we have you know some of the legends that we have from knockaway legends so we're going to be able to work and get content from them but we're also getting content from current fighters and you know something that we wanted to get into and and you you know you're working on it firsthand is sponsoring athletes too to help them with their career and using our platform to really springboard their career mm-hmm. um, and, yeah. oh go ahead nope i'm good sorry
0: um, how yeah. do you hope to change the sport with uh, Muay Thai Graham?
2: I just, I th- think it's, it's already changing. Uh, we're giving athletes, you know, just give them our audience and hopefully it can launch their career because nowadays it's, it really is a big part is, am I selling tickets? Am I a promotable athlete? Am I exciting? All those things you have to do and being on social media and the internet is a huge part of that. So you can actually get out and promote yourself. So hopefully we'll be able to work with more athletes and, and keep uh, their careers going and help them out. And at the same time, still put out really good content.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I at least hope to do, um, not only with our sponsored athletes but other athletes, is just to teach them how to appropriately promote
1: themselves.
2: Absolutely, and you know uh, that's that's a huge thing. I mean, I'm learning that also firsthand by working with you.
0: Yeah. So. I feel like um, at least my career was somewhat stymied or held back because I didn't really know how to promote myself correctly. And then the other part of that, so there's a lack of knowledge and then the people that are promoting themselves, I don't always think that they're promoting themselves in the best way.
2: Sure. I mean, also you have to take into account cause I'm the same way. Like, you know, I got a couple years left, so I don't really need to start this huge promotional campaign for me if I'm not going to be around too much longer. But, um, sorry, the, the sport has changed in the last 10 years where it really has all shifted to promoting and being able to film every pad session, film every, uh, fight that you have, you know, back then we, we didn't really have access to that. So Mm -hmm. we have to change with the times and, you know, I can see people are too.
0: Yeah. Well, I would actually say that, you know, it's important to obviously, promote yourself in your career and fighting, but it's also important to promote yourself like outside fighting as well. Or like, you know, for someone like you, that is mm-hmm. going to transition from fighting into, you know, something else, uh, probably into more work like Muay Thai gram and doing more like uh background stuff in the sport. It's important to promote yourself in, in those areas as well.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, I, I feel like not, you know, for a lot of people, the career path is like, okay, I like fighting. Okay. I fight. And then that's it, you know, sure. but, um, you know, there's other avenues for people to pursue like refereeing, judging, being a journalist, uh, being a photographer. I think it's important to sort of open up that field of possibility for people as well.
2: Absolutely. And that's going to push the sport in the right direction and bring more money in and more opportunity for everybody. I agree with that.
0: Um, Just wrapping things up, was there anything you want to talk about that we didn't talk about?
2: No, I mean, that that really does cover it. Um, You know, we're just really trying to concentrate on building Muay Thai Gram and Nakamui Legends. I mean, we're just in the middle of this, the crazy times right now. You know, a lot of people are shifting from. Uh, you know, being in the gym to actually being online. They're doing all their training online, and you know, we really have to kind of up the game. And, uh, you know, that's where all the people are right now. So, yeah.
0: That's where we need to know.
2: be. Yeah, I don't know what I was going with that, you know, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. It, everything's kind of shifted to the, uh, you can cut that out, I guess. <laughs> Every, everything's shifting to the internet now, so we need to be yeah. there, which is true. Uh, all
0: right. Well, thanks so much for your time, Brett.
2: All right, dude. Banner.
1: So that concludes the interviews with Brett
0: and Fredo. I just want to talk a little bit about my background with Muay Thai Graham and how it came to be for me. Uh, I first got involved in journalism through a now defunct website called My Muay Thai. It was started by a Thai American named Napadon Wongkapi, who I still talk to this to this day. He was training and fighting out of. Uh, fighting Fitness in San Francisco. We became friends um, when I first went to Thailand back in 2005 or so. I wrote my very first article for his blog. His blog was very popular at the time. He was doing it as a proof of concept to show that Muay Thai could become popular. He did a combination of both original content plus sort of popular contents. So he would post fights and also write about his own experiences. Um, he would have guest authors like myself, uh, who were some other people, John Wolcott, who is now a staff writer for one championship. I believe Laura Dalfara, she definitely wrote for him. She was a big part of it. And she went on to do a good blog called Milk Streets uh Milk Street Blitz Bomb, and a few others. So it was like a very, very good learning point for me, just getting my feet wet, especially at the time. It, a lot of things were focused more on writing, so it was a good experience for me. Later on, uh, my moved on from the project. I continued with it. It was a little bit more of a labor of love. It wasn't bringing any money in. But I was still passionate about it and I did some good interviews. Coincidentally enough, the f- I interviewed Rob Cox for My Muay Thai a long time ago and that basically got me my job at Max Muay Thai like eight years later. Because I'd interviewed him and stayed in the game, then when I moved out to Thailand, he recognized me as a hardworking journalist. So the benefit of it didn't come up right away, but definitely, definitely helped me out later on. Then when I moved out to Thailand, I started working with, for West Coast Muay Thai. That lasted about a year. I did more photo journalism, photo essays. Um, so that was really good for me, and I really appreciate Galen, Galen's uh, help with that because I learned a lot of valuable skills including layout design, how to create sort of magazine layouts, how to do stories. It also taught me a little bit about uh, money negotiation as well because it was paid work. Um, Then I went on to start do some freelance writing for Vice Magazine. I acquired that position through Francis Watana. I would help her with some articles and also got my own pieces published. So, again, both of those things really helped me out. Um, It was when I was working at FA Group. So I was definitely had a lot of access to things and people, which helped. Later on, I would start working on several Instagram accounts. Of course, FA Group, which I grew from a few hundred to a few thousand within the space of about a year or so. I worked on Max Muay Thai's Instagram account for about a year. Um, And then once I left F.A. Group, I started working on my own Instagram account, which two years ago was about 800 and is now 5,000. Around the same time, I started working for Nakmoy Legends and some other companies. Working on Instagram accounts gave me a very, very good idea of what the sort of demographic of Muay Thai is like, and what they're posting. I think a lot of times people, when they post on the internet, they're not really, they are not always shielding themselves as much as they might think. Um, Especially when you look at someone over a long period of time, you can sort of see an arc to their social media presence. I do think that people curate their social media presence. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is sort of up to you to decide, but it definitely happens. I curate my own social media presence. There's things that I will post about and things that I don't post about. I don't really post that much about my personal life. Um, I do post you know, when I do things with friends. I try and give myself a little character in my life. But I am not that intimate on social media. Uh, and some people are. Some people put their sort of heart on their sleeve and that's okay. That's, you know, their sort of style. But working on these Instagram accounts really showed me a lot about how people are presenting themselves on social media. It also gave me a way to follow along with people and sort of see the way that they were growing their own social media presences and accounts. So that was a, it's been a great experience doing that. We started Moitagram about six or eight months ago. I think we've really taken the site and Instagram in a different direction, which I think is really interesting. I think we're forging new grounds in the sport. One of the things I'm really proud about that Fredo was talking about was sponsoring athletes. So the the sponsorship with Muay Thai Gram is a media sponsorship. We're not giving them money right now although we have been able to help negotiate fighters to get money. So for instance, we have gotten Jaleel Barnes uh, some monetary sponsorships for each fight. We've helped Brogan get sponsorships with Pride. We've helped Omar, um, get sponsorship here at Fairtex. Um, Angela Chang, um, we've done a lot of stuff with her, of course. So part of it is the exposure. Exposure is necessary to get sponsorship. If you are not out there, if you're not pushing yourself, people are not going to recognize you. You need to show that you are present And that you're giving back value. I think that's a very, very important thing that I learned from all of this work. Muay Thai is a business. And it's important to understand the dynamics of the business of Muay Thai and business in general. Understanding business things will help you grow your career as a fighter. So one of the things that I think sponsoring fighters is really important is that we are learning and sort of helping fighters grow their careers, which means, you know, we're one step ahead of other people. A lot of times fighters do not have career plans. They don't have direct goals for what they're trying to do. They don't understand how to save money, where to spend it. They're not really investing in themselves. And this causes a lot of problems with the growth of the sport. It's something Patrick Rivera says a lot and that I agree with is that if the business of Muay Thai is grown, the sport will grow. I definitely, definitely agree with that. You know, and if we can build the business side of fighters and build the business side of media, we can build the sport. So that is why it's important for me to grow fighters and also grow Muay Thai gram. So the long-term plan for Muay Thai is to basically do exactly what we're doing. Um, we want to monetize it more, um, which we'll see how that goes. We do have some paid clients right now, which we're very happy about. And of course, we are getting more money going. We feel like the more money comes into Muay Thai Graham and into the sport, the more successful we can be. That said, I feel like, we are already successful and I feel like I'm personally already successful. The reasons why I think Muay Thai gram is successful is that we have immediately helped people and we have helped them both in short term and long term goals. So for instance, a very simple thing that we did with Brogan was we planned out things to do for the year. Very, very simple thing. Okay, Brogan, what are our career goals for the year? What are the career goals for six months, five years? Where do we see ourselves? So one of the career goals, and we'll talk about it in the interview with Brogan, was getting him sponsorship. The second thing was getting him on one championship. We hit both of those goals within the time frame. I feel like having goals is very, very important, and it, by hitting those goals, you show yourself success. So those things were made me really happy. Um, so, you know, I the other thing about Muay Thai Tigram that has shown success is that we have impacted people's lives. Um, we have you know helped out underexposed people get exposure create new skills, do new things. So, for instance, Helen Tran's uh, She Fights project is getting a lot more attention than it would have if it was just her. Um, We're also learning new things. Um, Again, with Helen Tran, we recently did a a Muay Thai photography tips um, shoot. Um, Other people like Boom Watana has talked about his photography. Um, so it's not just fighters either. So, and we did, uh, the series with Rob Cox, who is definitely an underrated part of the sport that we really, really want to highlight. Uh, we did some really fun dinner with Rob Cox videos. Um, so to me, that shows that the site and what we are doing is a success. For me personally, I feel like I am successful because I'm doing what I want. Um, I'm not making a ton of money. I'm pretty clear about my uh, income right now. It's about $2,000 a month. Um, It is growing year by year, Uh, but that makes me very, very comfortable out here in Thailand. I take a nap every day. Um, You know, if I want to have a few beers, I have a few beers. I work out five or six days a week. at a Muay Thai gym with high-level fighters. If I want to fight, I can fight. If I don't want to fight, I don't have to. I am able to help out a lot of people, which to me means I'm successful. So the big part of Muay Thai Gram and the way we are growing it is understanding the style of its growth. And we are doing things organically, which means it's qualitative growth. We're focused on creating new quality content, um, which means that there's not always going to be a big sort of change or not a noticeable change right away. My, in my experience, it takes about a year or two for an Instagram account or a project to really sort of develop itself and to see um, any sort of real change. This is similar to a business. It takes basically a year for people to recognize a change in the business. Then the second, third, and fourth year, that's when things really pick up. It's a lot about building momentum. And I believe that Muay Thai and what we are doing with the project is slowly building momentum. And I'm very, very excited about that. I'm also very happy that you have stayed listening this long um, I'm going to wrap things up and so once again this is the first in a five part series on Muay Thai Gram. I will be interviewing Angela Chang, Jaleel Barnes, Brogan Stewart and Omar Halalbi this has been On Fighting in Thailand the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai I'm Matt Lucas journalist commentator and ex-Muay Thai fighter make stronger fighters Make stronger people.
2: Thank you.